It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey guys, Gronk here, calling a 30-second hair huddle. When it comes to tackling hair loss, Hims has you covered. From clinically proven regrowth treatments to thickening shampoo and conditioner. Just go to 4 for a free consultation. Then a licensed medical provider can help you with your game plan. If prescribed, Hims ships directly to your door. Get your hair back in the game with Hims. Try today and get a 90-day money-back guarantee at 4 Just go to 4 slash NFL. That's 4 slash NFL. Restrictions apply. See website for full details and important safety information. You are locked on Packers. I feel like we can run the table. Do. Your daily Green Bay Packers podcast. Rodgers gets out. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Flotsam. Your team. Oh. Every day. Touchdown. You are locked on Packers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. I'm Peter Bukowski and I cover the Packers for SB Nation and Packer Report. I cover the NFL around the internet and you can follow me on Twitter at Peter underscore Bukowski. Follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked On Packers. Like us on Facebook, subscribe to the podcast, iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, wherever you find podcasts, you will find Locked on Packers, the number one Packers podcast on the internet and the show for fans who know what happened. They want to know why and how it is crossover Thursday. Social Comengius from Locked on Rams joining us today to break down this divisional round matchup Saturday late afternoon at Lambeau Field. Before we get to that, we had some breaking news yesterday. And no, I'm not talking about the James Harden trade. The Packers placed Jared Veldier on the COVID list. He tests positive for COVID-19. And this is disconcerting for a number of reasons, but let's start with the good news. The good news is, as Rob Domovsky from ESPN reported yesterday, the Packers were cleared through the contact tracing program. So the NFL, every time this happens, every time someone tests positive, there is a retest phase and the NFL goes through contact tracing. Who is in close proximity in the building? These guys are wearing monitors um, and, and, so, and there's cameras. So you know who, what's going on. And the NFL, remember when, when Chris Barnes tests positive, Jordan Love is a close contact. They're roommates. So, okay, that's probably a thing. Your your roommate is a close contact. They were away from the building, you know, on the road in a hotel room together. Yeah, you're a close contact inside all of those things. The Packers practiced on Wednesday. Jared Valdir did not practice, though he did practice on Tuesday. What this tells us is the NFL does not believe any of the players on the team are high-risk close contacts. And if that seems weird, and it does seem weird, remember that the NFL has uh, a chief medical officer and, and Dr. Sills, Dr. Alan Sills, who is in charge of all of this stuff for the league, has talked at length this season about where this is all coming from, where players are getting it. And his conclusion, based on the research that they've done, and they've been tracking all of this stuff, trying to figure out what the safest way is to go about all this and what protocols are working and what protocols aren't. For whatever we want to say about the incompetence of the league, their conclusion was most of the positives are coming from community spread. Guys are getting it from people they know they're going to the grocery store they're having friends over which 
you know, maybe they, they would be smart to not do because of the risks. The protocols are working. That is the NFL's conclusion, that guys are not getting it in the building because these protocols, the masking, the social distancing, all of those things, that the, and the daily testing, that stuff is working. Because you come in, you get tested, you would, you would like to have results right away, but they don't have them right away. If you do test positive, you know, like on game day, you test positive, you have another test to confirm that it's not a false positive, and you know, then, then you have to go through this process. That doesn't mean, though, the Packers are out of the woods on this because just because the NFL has said, oh, there's not high-risk cases doesn't mean there end up being no cases. So we just have to hold our breath a little bit on this. And the Packers are, like, like I said, through the protocols. So they're they're not having to, and no one else is having to go on the, the COVID list. Just Valdir for now. Obviously, if you have more positive tests, the NFL is going to go through the contact tracing program again. And we'll see what happens. This was the big mandate from Aaron Rodgers. Don't get COVID. Jared Valdir, of course, not in the locker room for that. Because he was in Indianapolis with the Colts. So this is important because Valdir was, as we talked about, an important depth piece for this team. That he's really the only other true tackle on the roster other than your two starters. And we could quibble and say Billy Turner is not a true tackle either. So they're already playing Billy Turner out of his preferred position. If you have another injury there, you might really be in trouble. This is where the versatility of someone like Elton Jenkins can really come in handy because you slide him out to tackle and now you you have someone who you feel good about there. The problem is in a game like this, let's say Rick Wagner or Billy Turner goes down on Saturday and you have to move Elton Jenkins because you can't put Valdir out there. If you move Elton Jenkins, now you've got to put John Runyon Jr. in there. And while Corey Lindsley is a rock, one of the best pass-blocking centers in football, now you've got Lucas Patrick, who is the weak link of the offensive line, even if he's a solid player. And then you've got a rookie in there trying to block the best defensive player of his era. That is a difficult task. If you have Valdir and one of those tackles goes down, you can leave Elton Jenkins where he is to handle an assignment like Aaron Donald. So Valdir could come back if the Packers win. He could still be technically available for the NFC Championship game. And that would, again, we talked about this when, when they signed him against a team like the Saints or the Bucks. They've got the edge rushers. You know, the, the Rams have the one guy, Leonard Floyd, someone that, you know, Packers fans know and Packers themselves have seen because he used to play for Chicago. And, you know, that, you know, Aaron Rodgers has been seeing him forever. Uh, obviously, Matt LaFleur has not been in this division forever. Adam Stenovich. But, you know, David Bakhtiari is still around. He can still offer insight. Corey Lindsley has still been around. And Rick Wagner in Detroit has seen him. When you have that kind of knowledge, that helps a little bit. But it's not the same edge presence that a Tampa Bay or a New Orleans has they have legit dudes on the edge with Shaq Barrett, Jason Pierre-Paul, and then in in New Orleans you've got Marcus Davenport, Cam Jordan, Trey Hendrickson, all those guys. It's more important that you have your mind right at offensive tackle. So it, it is certainly if he's going to be in a matchup 
you would rather have him be available if you can only pick one for the the team where the edge rusher is a much bigger part of what that defense does. Before we get to Sosa, let's talk about our friends at Echelon. When it comes to getting or staying in shape, nothing feels as good as the feeling of accomplishment, of hitting your fitness goals and feeling great about it. I know in in a quarantine world, I have not stayed in as good a shape as I could have. I've got goals for 2021, and Echelon can help you, can help me get there. Echelon offers the next generation of connected fitness bikes, mirrors, rowing machines, and their Echelon Stride Smart Treadmill. No matter what your favorite fitness activity, Echelon gives you a fun and challenging workout from the comfort of home. The EX7S is Echelon's latest state-of-the-art innovation that takes cycling to the next level. This connected bike is built with performance, flexibility, and durability in mind. The EX7S is the bike for competitors at heart. And speaking of competitors, unlike Echelon's competitors, Echelon is affordable for everyone. One membership lets up to five family members all work out at the same time. Right now, you can try Echelon Fitness Equipment at home for 30 days. Go to echelonfit.com slash locked on. That's echelonfit.com slash locked on. David Harrison here, the Locked on Washington football team podcast, celebrating with you a 21-grain salute to a less boring sandwich thanks to Dave's Killer Bread. I don't know about you guys, but when I eat pizza, I eat it for the toppings, not the crust. And when I eat a sandwich, it's for what's inside the bread, not for the bread. But when I throw a sandwich on 21 whole grains and seeds, thin sliced bread from Dave's Killer Bread, it is the epitome of addition by subtraction. That thin sliced bread lets me focus on what's inside the sandwich, but also adds to the sandwich with killer taste, killer texture, killer nutrition, a subtle sweetness, and a seed coated crust. Dave's Killer Bread is America's number one organic bread for a reason it tastes so stinking good dave's killer bread is made with the highest quality organic and non-gmo ingredients and is power packed with whole grains fiber and protein visit daveskillerbread.com to learn more and look for dave's killer bread in the bread aisle of your local grocery store it is time for our playoff crossover edition locked on packers locked on rams sosar kamenjus joining the show with me i'm peter bukowski and we have an awesome matchup here in the divisional round. We've put the super wild card round behind us, Sosa, thankfully. Uh, maybe we find a new name for that one. Um, and this is a matchup of strengths. The Packers with the best offense in the league. Uh, the Rams with the best defense in the league. And Jalen Ramsey has taken a lot of the headlines here this week, much to the consternation, I would say, of Packer fans. So I'm going to flip it a little bit on you. This defense is great. Aaron Donald is uh, uh, an all-time great player. Jalen Ramsey, I think, has the potential to be. But from a Rams perspective, this is the toughest test that they're going to face this season and probably unless and until they play the, the Chiefs in the Super Bowl. So what do you think the Packers can do to stress this defense? What are you most concerned about when it comes to this Packers offense? Yeah, I think obviously the Packers offense is going to be a different animal that they faced all season. Um, that's not to say that the Rams defense hasn't had some tough tests because I do think that they have. But, you know, the Packers obviously are a big play offense and Devontae Adams is pretty much being absolutely unstoppable this season. Aaron Rodgers is going to be the shoe-in for the MVP. At least he should be. Uh, and they can run the ball as well. I mean, this, this is an offense that's first in EPA per play. So they're obviously dangerous. They can create a lot of big plays. 
And, you know, the Rams on the defensive side of the ball have been very good at stopping big plays. But then I look back to maybe their biggest test this season, which I believe was week three against the Buffalo Bills. That was probably the offense that I would say was most akin to what the Packers kind of do in terms of creating explosives and things like that. And the Rams allowed, I can't recall at this point, but I believe it was like 29 or 30 points in that game. So, you know, it was early in the season and the defense has progressed and has more chemistry and things like that at this point in the season. But I look at the ability to create explosive plays. That's definitely something that they're going to have to try and limit as best as possible. Uh, Try to keep everything in front of them, which they've done very well at this season. But again, they haven't played a Devontae Adams this season. They haven't played an Aaron Rodgers, uh, Robert Tunyon. They got so many weapons. They do things, you know, so well. And it's going to be a heavyweight battle between the best offense versus the best defense. So somebody's going to have to win. I think what the Rams are going to try to do defensively is, you know, force the Packers into longer drives, longer situations, 12, 13, 15 play drives, as opposed to finding those 50 or 60 yard plays or touchdowns. So um, that's something that the Rams have done very well this season. The cornerbacks, the safeties in particular have done a very good job at keeping things in front and then working their way up and tackling as opposed to getting beat behind. Uh, so that's something I'm definitely looking out for. Obviously, the Packers are going to try to create explosives, and I think the Rams are going to do everything they can to stop the explosive plays and try to keep Aaron Rodgers you know, taking little chunks at a time. And uh, that's something I think that's going to play a major role in this game, deciding on which side of this ball is going to win. Yeah, Rams opponents, this is from Robert Mays in The Athletic, Rams opponents are 10 for 44 with five interceptions on deep passes this season. That's a 23% completion percentage. And they've only allowed four touchdowns of more than 10 air yards, which is absolutely remarkable. But to your point, the Bills scored actually 35 in that game. The Rams, it was a 35-32 final. Um, I actually thought the Rams should have won that game. There was a a pickup on a flag late in the game that I did not understand at all. Um, The the offense for the Rams is something that I, I don't think... Um, at least nationally, has been discussed a lot because they are top 10 by DVOA. But to my eyes, at least over the last month, especially, I mean, you know, 24 points against the Patriots, 20 against the Jets, nine in the loss to the Cardinals, uh, 18, or excuse me, nine in the loss to the Seahawks, 18 against the Cardinals. And then uh, really offensively, they only scored 23 against the Seahawks. So what is the best route for this Rams offense? to get off against Mike Patton and this Packers defense. Yeah, the offense has been inconsistent, to say the least. I mean, they didn't score a touchdown in Week 16 or Week 17, uh, so probably too many people surprised. They scored 23 in the first round of the playoffs, which is a little wild. But, you know, I think their best bet and, you know, dating back over the past eight weeks and the second half of the season really is to ride the K-Makers train. He's coming into this game, uh, into this late stretch of the season here, very healthy, very fresh. Uh, they didn't really use him much all regular season. And then his workload kind of ramped up there towards the end against the Patriots. He had nearly 30 carries. Um, and then against the Jets, he suffered a high ankle sprain. So he missed the week 16 and week 17 games. And then he returned, or sorry, he came back in week 17, but he obviously wasn't 100% recovered. Um, and then this past week, he looked completely healthy. He nearly had 30 carries once again. And I think, you know, obviously with the whole quarterback dynamic right now, Jared Goff might start. We don't know. And if he does, we don't know how healthy he's going to be. And, you know, even if he is healthy, he doesn't play well in cold weather games. So that's another issue. Um, And then John (laughs) Wolford might be starting his second game in his life in the NFL 
in a hostile environment in Lambeau in the biggest game of the season. So I think the Rams are going to give Cam Akers the ball a lot. He deserves it. I think that's the one area, you know, where the Packers might be more susceptible on the defensive side of the ball is running. Um, and I think Cam Akers showed last week that, you know, that's the best part of the Rams offense is ground and pound, run the ball, keep them ahead of the chains, uh, keep them in third down in manageable situations, and then let the rest of the offense kind of develop off of that in play action and things like that. But I definitely think Cam Akers is a guaranteed 25 carries if he can stay healthy in this game. Yeah, it, it was. it's remarkable because Cam Akers was one of those guys before the season. He was on every dynasty roster, every fantasy football watch list. And yet, after that Dallas game, the, the seven games, he never had more than 10 carries. And then the last five games, he's gone over 20 carries four of those five games. So what is the difference? Is it just health or is he just getting up to speed? What has changed for him? Because he suddenly looks like a totally different guy and and looks like he has the confidence of guys like Sean McVay in ways that we didn't see for really most of the year. Yeah, so I think there's a few things at play here uh, in week Two against the Eagles, he very randomly got injured. He was running the ball. They were in the red zone inside the 10-yard line, and uh, he got tackled from behind and kind of fell awkwardly on top of the ball, and it actually separated his rib cartilage. And so uh, that knocked him out for like a week or two, and then when he came back, I guess they just didn't really want to rush him back, and the Rams obviously had Daryl Henderson at that point in time, and Henderson was playing absolutely absolutely tremendous football. So uh, they kind of rode that train for a little bit. I think they wanted to get Akers fully up to speed with his health and with the playbook. And then, you know, Daryl Henderson is now hurt and he's on injured reserve. And so now they're kind of riding that came Akers train. And I think now that Akers is finally healthy, he obviously looks to know the offense and things like that. I think they're just going to keep pounding the rock and, you know, with no legitimate backup, I know they'd still have Malcolm Brown, but he just doesn't bring that same dynamic. He's a plotter. He's very slow. I think his best role is as a pass protector. Um, they're going to keep riding that K-Makers train. There's no Daryl Henderson there. And luckily for the Rams, you know, it obviously didn't play out very well early in the season with him getting hurt and then kind of getting shelved for six, seven, eight weeks after that. But, you know, now looking back at it, it kind of worked out well. They don't have Daryl Henderson. Uh, you don't want to give Malcolm Brown the football in this game or really at this point in the season. And so K-Makers is coming into this game very healthy and very fresh and his legs can handle it at this point in time. Uh, it's going to be cold. Obviously, they're going to want to hand the ball. And Akers looks up to speed. He looks fresh. And uh, I can see, you know, him it, as long as the Rams keep winning, I can see him getting 25 touches every game, if not closer to the 30 touch mark. If the the Rams defense is going to slow down this offense, circling back to where we started here. What is going to be the plan for Devontae Adams? Is this going to be a Ramsey shadow game? Devontae hinted earlier this week that that they're going to put him in the slot a little bit more because Ramsey doesn't always travel in there, and, and Adams led the league in yards per route run among qualified receivers. What is going to be the plan to stop Devontae Adams? And, and are you at all concerned that if they dedicate too much resources in that direction that they're going to be vulnerable in some other place? Yeah, I think they have to shadow uh, Jalen Ramsey with Devontae Adams. I mean... This is why you traded two first-round picks, a fourth-round pick for him, why you paid him the yep. most money of any cornerback in NFL history. And not just that, but, I mean, Ramsey's been absolutely amazing this season. He's covered a lot of very good receivers from DK Metcalf to DeAndre Hopkins to, you know, Stephon Diggs, and he's shut all of these guys down. He's given them their worst statistical games of their seasons. And so uh, this is a guy who can travel into the slot. 
He did that a lot more earlier this season. The Rams call that their star position there. Uh, but again, that's kind of an interesting dynamic there is that, you know, if Ramsey has to travel into the slot with Adams, it's going to be much harder to double team Adams. I know they can obviously spot drop a linebacker there and kind of bracket him. But I think if they do play more on the outside, it's going to be, you know, shading a little bit of safety help towards Ramsey, which is not like what the Rams do or have done all season. He's kind of been on an island and they do like to shade safety help away from him, which is, you know, makes sense. He's very good. But again, I don't think that, you know, they can really overdedicate resources to stopping Devontae Adams. The guy's unreal, first of all. And second of all, I do think that the secondary is the best secondary in football and is the strongest part of the defense. So if there's one area that the Rams match up well, I think it's the secondary. You see guys like Darius Williams taking his game to another level this, this season. He had the pick six last week against the Seahawks. I like that matchup with him and Alan Lazard or Marcus Valdez-Gantling. And then, you know, Troy Hill, another corner for the Rams, is playing very well as well. So, you know, I like that secondary. I think they probably have the edge in this game. Uh, but that's exactly why I think, you know, they need to shadow Devontae Adams with Ramsey and really dedicate and not over-dedicate because I don't even think you could do that in this game. All the resources that they possibly can to try and slow Adams down. Yeah, like I like the way you frame that. Adams is so good, you really can't over-dedicate resources to stopping him because if if you don't send enough help, he is going to beat you. When we come back, we're going to turn the table. Sosa is going to get my insight on the Packers and this matchup right after this. All right, more of my conversation with Sosa coming up in just a second. But before we get there, we have to talk about our friends at Rock Auto. With the ever-increasing number of makes and models, it's now impossible to stock all the parts that you need in a traditional chain storefront. Why endure often pointless or intimidating questions and wait while the counter guy orders the parts on his computer? You can do it from your own computer and skip all the nonsense. RockAuto.com is a family business serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. Go to RockAuto.com to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. They've got everything from engine control modules and brake parts to tail lamps, motor oil, even new carpet. Whether it's your classic or your daily driver, get everything you need with a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. And best of all, the prices are always reliably low. The same for professionals as do-it-yourselfers. Go to rockauto.com now and see all the parts available for your car or truck and write locked on in their how did you hear about us section. Today's episode is also brought to you by our friends at Bet Online. The Packers, almost a touchdown favorite in this game. And if you like that, maybe you like the Rams. Maybe you think there's too many points. I personally think the line is a little too big. So go make some money with that hunch. Sign up today for a free account at betonline.ag and use that promo code locked on for a 50% welcome bonus. You put in money, they match it up to 50% just for you being there. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore. Too much happening. Hockey is back. The NBA is in full swing. Baseball will be here before you know it. I'm telling you, the hot stove is heating up. Get in on the action. Don't forget to use that promo code locked on to get a 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. And just a reminder, Thursday on Locked On NFL is a must-listen with Ryan Tracy and Christopher Carter as they preview Thursday Night Football most weeks. Of course, no Thursday Night Football this week, but plenty to talk about with the wild card, matchup, roster moves, everything. Subscribe to Locked On NFL wherever you get your podcasts. 
Welcome back to the second segment of this crossover episode between the Locked On Rams and Locked On Packers podcast. Peter asked me his questions in the first segment there. Now we flip the tables and I got some interesting questions for Peter here as they relate to the Packers. So obviously, you know, we got to begin with Aaron Rodgers. The guy's been playing absolutely amazing football. And I got to squeeze this in there. I I think he is the most talented quarterback in NFL history, but uh, he appears to be the clear cut MEP this season. He should be for sure. What in his game, if anything, has improved so significantly over the course of this past season? Because he honestly looks unstoppable. Yeah, I think it's a number of things. Um, he he was asked about this yesterday or, or earlier this week about his uh, d- decisions this season to take the check down more often, something that we had not seen late stage McCarthy and even at times last year. And, and he said, look, I know where those guys are going to be now. And, and it was not always just you know, recall memory. It was, oh, I got to think, okay, where is that running back? And sometimes by the time you're trying to pull that out of the back of your brain somewhere, now all of a sudden there's a 300-pound defensive tackle bearing, bearing down on you and you haven't, you know, found your outlet there. His comfort in this offense in year two has elevated this team. And then you take the fact that Matt LaFleur and Aaron Rodgers worked on this offense this offseason. I mean, Luke Getzey, the quarterback coach, said he's never seen a quarterback as involved in game plans and philosophy and putting together the playbook the way Aaron Rodgers is. And, and that includes Aaron Rodgers, by the way, because Luke Getze was on the Packers staff with Mike McCarthy a few years ago. So they have slimmed down the playbook and and taken the things that Aaron Rodgers likes to, to go to the best. They've given him full freedom at the line of scrimmage. And now everything that they do is tailored to getting their players in the best positions to succeed. There is no amalgamation of this offense with the West Coast, traditional West Coast that that Mike McCarthy ran and Matt LaFleur. A lot of times last year they were running this sort of hodgepodge offense. Now everything is based on the concepts that, that Matt LaFleur brought to the table. And that means that the play action game is better because all of the run game has a play action off of it. Every every single run has an action off of it to create. You've got the boots, and and they've gone basically uh, worst to first in play action. The Packers are one of the worst play action teams in the league last year. They're one of the best this year, and Rodgers has just played better. And and I I don't know what to attribute that to other than he's his comfort, um, his attitude seems to be much improved. He's having fun, and to your point, they look unstoppable right now. Yeah, shout out Jordan Love for that one. But you kind of touched on (laughs) my question here. Uh, You know, just looking at the roster from afar, you wouldn't really think that the offense would be as dominant as they are, right? They they rely Hmm. on a handful of players. Obviously, they got some superstars, Rodgers, Adams, Tanyan, guys we touched on, Aaron Jones. And you kind of touched on this, but how is Matt LaFleur able to take such good advantage of all their skill sets? And how does he put them in such good situations to succeed? Yeah, I think it is, and he's talked about this, having that full year with all of these guys to understand what they're really good at. You know, last year, they were just running concepts and and hoping that it could work. I mean, you were getting these RPO bubbles to Geronimo Allison, and, you know, he's a 4-7 guy with no run after catch ability. Well, you're killing your team if he is getting the ball behind the line of scrimmage. He's going to get tackled behind the line of scrimmage. And if you're going to run slant flat with Jimmy Graham, he's not going to be able to turn up field and make a play. I mean, there were just in that first game, they ran that little counter boot action 
and they dumped the ball off. This was when Josiah DeGuara was healthy. DeGuara caught it, scampered upfield. He has eight yards. Well, that play, if it's Jimmy Graham, is four yards. And so there is there has been some personnel upgrades. I think just addition by subtraction with Geronimo Allison. You give all of Allison's targets to Alan Lazard and, and Marquez Valdez-Scantling. Your offense looks a lot better. All right, you give Robert Tunyon and Jay Sternberger and even now Dominique Daphne all of Jimmy Grant's targets, and this offense looks much more dynamic and explosive. So they didn't add talent. They didn't add personnel. But the the personnel that they do have is being put in a position to succeed, number one. And just athletically, they're better this season than they were a year ago. And, and that's with Alan Lazard missing, you know, a large chunk of the season. He's still, you know, working his way back from that core muscle injury. He is the kind of player who can impact the game without catching the ball. And, and how many receivers can say that? I mean, they use him like an H-back at times, digging out safeties and and blocking linebackers and even occasionally having to, to crack on defensive ends and, and make those kinds of blocks. Um, it, it is, I always joke, if you show me a long run that the Packers have, I'll show you an Alan Lazard block. And, and that it's just, it's just true um, that, that their ability to find chunk plays in the run game and the passing game makes them so difficult to defend. Yeah, and Rams fans know all about wide receivers run blocking. That's mm-hmm. uh, something wide receivers, you know, uh, Robert Woods and Cooper Cup love to do. Now switching to the other side of the ball, you know, we know how dominant the offense is. They're the best in the league. They rank first in EPA per play. But the defense is good, too. They, they rank 12th in defensive EPA per play, 10th in dropback EPA, and 18th in rush EPA. And for those that don't know, that means expected points added. Um, where are the weak points on this defense? And what do they primarily try to do or scheme on this side of the ball? And how do you see this game playing out? Yeah, this is a defense, and my listeners are are sick of hearing this, but um, since since that Week 8 game against the Vikings when they let Dalvin Cook uh, run roughshod over them, in fact, I, I'm just getting where Dalvin Cook scored again in that game, um, they've been fifth in EPA per play. That's half a season. I mean, Week 8, that's half a season that they've been a top-five defense in EPA per play, and, and a big part of the reason is the safety play. Adrian Amos and Darnell Savage, they're playing more of that single high with Amos near the line of scrimmage, or they're flipping it, and, and excuse me, Savage near the line of scrimmage in that, in that robber role. He's covering tight ends. Um, I, I just saw a stat earlier that, that he is a, a top-three player in terms of uh, passer rating uh, against in the slot. He's been able to to do some things that, you know, you you ask Buda Baker or Tyron Matthew to do, guys that Rams fans are going to be familiar with. And they, they've just been able to stop the run a little bit better. Um, I, you know, that was the big flaw against the 49ers last year. It was, of course, the flaw in that, in that Vikings loss. But they played a little bit bigger up front, understanding, okay, Jair Alexander is a star player. Darnell Savage is becoming a star player. And Adrian Amos made the pro football focus all pro team. I mean, he was quietly outstanding this season. And so that, to me, is the is the difference here, Sosa, is the Packers' defense is not getting enough credit for the way that they've played. And I think they're going to be the difference in this game. The Rams defense is going to play well. I think the Packers are not going to be able to get to 30 points, which they do basically every week against anyone. It doesn't matter the defense. Um, I, I don't see them getting to 30, but I think they can get to 24. And I, I think the Rams, barring special teams or defensive scores, and by the way, they get a ton of defensive scores and turnovers and all that stuff. 
barring that, I think the Rams are really going to struggle um, to move the ball and to score on this Packers defense, regardless of who the quarterback is. And so that leaves me thinking, you know, this is going to be the kind of game that the Packers win, you know, 20 to 16, 24, 20, something like that. I think it's going to be a close game. I think the Rams cover. I think six and a half is too many in terms of points. But I think the Packers win precisely because I think the Rams are really, especially in Lambeau, going to have a tough time scoring in this game. And and I don't think that's the way that I'm seeing this game framed um, a lot of places. Yeah, and I think that's a perfectly fair expectation and projection. Like you mentioned, you know, six and a half, I think, is a bit of a, a large line uh, for the Packers. I think the Rams defense is going to be able to keep that game close for sure, regardless of whether the Rams can pull it out or it's not. It's Goff and Lambeau, right? That's the reason why the number is the number. Yeah, that's definitely an issue for the Rams. Obviously, the quarterback issue, uh, we don't know who's going to start. We don't know if Jared Goff does start, if he's going to be able to play at a much more significant level than he did in Seattle because that was a brutal performance. And uh, I don't think that that's going to cut it when it comes to, you know, the Packers offense. I, like you said, I expect them to score for sure over 20 and the Seahawks, like I said last week, if the Rams scored 20 on the Seahawks, I was certain that they were going to win. And that's exactly what happened. And, uh, you know, I think this game is going to be very close. I think the Rams are going to try to go into Lambeau and limit their exposure to passing the football. You know, it's going to be cold. You got the quarterback issues. Um, the Packers secondary is very good. Like you mentioned, they got their own cornerback one. I think, you know, Jair Alexander and Jalen Ramsey are in a class of their own right now when it comes to cornerbacks and probably a lot of Rams fans don't want to hear that, but that's just the truth. And, you know, I I expect the Rams to try and pound the rock in this game. I think it's going to be close. I'm going to edge it out and, and actually pick the Rams. I'm feeling a little bit optimistic this week. Um, you know, I feel like there's just a special aura about the defense. I feel like, you know, they take things personally and, and, it's going to be tough for them to stop the Packers offense. I know that. I'm going to ride it out. Rams 27, Packers 24, but it's going to be a good game. It's going to be the first game to kick off the NFL's divisional round of the playoffs on Saturday. Good luck to both teams. Peter, I appreciate you joining me and enjoy the game, fans. It's going to be great. I can't wait. All right. Great talking to Sosa. Always love chopping it up with him. The guy knows ball. And that's why I like he does his research, does his homework and knows what he's talking about. And I love it when we can bring someone else on who is got that level of knowledge, that level of dedication to understanding what his team does. And he gets to impart on you, gets to impart on me, frankly. So that was great. We'll be back tomorrow. Our live show on Periscope 530 Central. The injury report will be out. We got it all going. We'll take your questions and all of the fun stuff we normally do. It'll be it'll be the day before the game. So a lot to get to, a lot to talk about, and hopefully no more positive COVID tests. Follow me on Twitter, Peter underscore Bukowski. Follow the podcast on Twitter, Locked on Packers. Like us on Facebook. Subscribe to the podcast, iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, wherever you find podcasts, you will find Locked on Packers. And anytime you want to hit us up on the Locked on Packers fan hotline, you can do that, 920 920- to stay locked on Packers.